Welcome to Life with Lindsay Ray, a place where fellow seekers are not necessarily interviewed, but invited to embark on a truth-telling journey exploring life's depth, sometimes tackling specific topics, and ultimately, always keeping it real. We dive deep to encourage and invoke inner contemplation and radical acceptance of our own humanness. It's my hope these conversations inspire you to dive underneath the surface level crap and blaze your own truth trail directly into what ignites your soul. Get ready for a whole lot of soulful chit chat, sprinkles of radically empathic advice, and some lighthearted laughs along the way. Let's get woo-woo without going cuckoo, shall we? Shall we? Shall we? Shall we? Hey everyone, just a really quick reminder and disclaimer, if you are around little ones or anyone that might take offense to adult language, you might want to pop in headphones now because we do tend to use it every now and then on the podcast. Also, very important reminder that any information that you hear on this show that is said by me or any of my guests is never a substitute for any kind of medical or or mental health treatment or consultation from a licensed practitioner, okay? So just remember that. Now, let's get to the show. Hi, everyone. Hi. (laughs) Welcome back to Life with Lindsay Ray, and I am in my closet, (laughs) closet casting. Yeah. With my beautiful friend, Sarah Sapora. I pay you to say those. No, you don't. Not at all. Not at all. I'm so excited. You're excited to be on the on the podcast. Yeah. On the pod. And I really enjoy the closet podcast with the shoot. Like just, I just enjoy this whole moment. This whole moment. Yeah, it's literally making me happy from the inside out. <laughs> So I'm so excited to have you on, Sarah, and I really appreciate you sharing your time with us and whoever's listening. Why don't you start by introducing yourself and letting us know a little about you, okay. what you do, what's your your story? Sure. Okay. My name is Sarah Sapora. I am a self-love and a wellness mentor. I am a woman who is creating her happier and healthier life from the inside out. And my biggest joy and passion in life is creating safe spaces for women online and offline that are size inclusive, that show women at any age, at any size, at any weight, no matter how you feel you've screwed up in the past, that every day that you're alive is a chance for you to create a life that fuels you if you do it with changes that are driven from a place of self-love. My background is actually in plus-size fashion and marketing. I've worked in marketing and PR for 15 years. I'm a plus-size woman. I've been a part of the body body positivity movement, sort of secondhand, for many, many years. And a couple of years ago, in April of 2016, I finally got to the point where I realized that I was not living a life that was fueling me both from a physical perspective and from an emotional perspective. Physically, I was probably about 360 pounds and I was in my mid to late 30s and I just felt like my mobility and my pain was just starting to take me out of life. 
For example, and I'm sure these are things that mm, the majority of your listeners cannot relate to, so I'll give you a good example. Mm -hmm. My back was in just sort of low-level pain mm -hmm. all the time. Like my spine felt like it was compressing or my left knee, for example, if I was standing for a while or walking on concrete would just go numb or give out on me. So I got to the mm -hmm. point where physically I felt like my body was working against me. And emotionally, I got to the point where I was like, I'm in the passenger seat of my own life. Mm. Professionally, I wasn't feeling fueled. Personally, I wasn't having the quality of relationships that I wanted. And I was just like, yo, girl, physically, you're not dialed in. Emotionally, you're not dialed in. Professionally, you're not dialed in. Maybe it's time to look at that shit. Mm. And so I just began a journey to try and create a greater life for myself. And the focus has been on becoming healthier, both physically and emotionally. Actually, first I would say emotionally and then physically mm -hmm. because they go hand in hand. And while I have lost weight and I will continue to do so, my my goal is not chasing a number on the scale. It's chasing a state of being that I want to feel in mm -hmm. my body. Well, I love that distinction. I think it's so important. It is. No matter what size you are. Yeah, absolutely. And look, I'm not one of those women who is afraid of the scale or says not to use the scale. I think that the scale is data. Mm -hmm. And I think we have to remove the emotional attachment that we have to it. And the, the fact that we tie our worth up in the numbers. Oh, well, that's, which a, is that's an entirely different crazy. discussion. Yeah, mm -hmm. I, I think for women, I think we're talking about two discussions. The, the first is the fixation on numbers, and second off is that for women, we, we tie size into emotional worth, and mm -hmm. we tie health into societal worth. Mm -hmm. And all of those things sort of mush together in a really big way. And you can't really separate them. They're they're the same thing, right? They all go hand in hand. Absolutely. And don't you think that's where we run into most of our problems is because we try to separate and label and compartmentalize so much instead of fusing things together and looking at things from a more holistic viewpoint. Yeah, I think that I think that you have to do that, but I think it also helps to break I also think it helps to break things down with honesty. Yeah. So that you're you're looking at the full picture with clarity. So mm -hmm. for example, a lot of women talk to me about wanting to lose weight or they say they don't want to get on the scale uh, or they have an issue with, you know, counting calories or macros or whatever. Mm -hmm. And I try to break the process apart so that we know that we're in charge of the process. The process is not in charge of us. And it's not the individual elements that are problematic. It's the weight that we give them. It's the emotional currency that we give them. So I think it helps to both look at the full picture mm -hmm. and also be willing to see the individual things with honesty. I'm Absolutely. not sure if that makes sense. No, I think yeah. it makes perfect sense because basically what we're saying here is that there's a helpful side and a harmful side to both, right? Mm -hmm. Absolutely. If we're only looking at the holistic view and never breaking things down and, and compartmentalizing them in any way, then we're missing data Absolutely. and information and vice versa. Mm -hmm. If we're never looking at the holistic view and only concentrating on those fixated little parts of us, then we're missing a huge, huge... Yeah, I think you've done a wonderful job of expressing that. A Thanks. Absolutely. Because, and until you said that just then, it didn't exactly crystallize with me. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think you're right. And I think the, the big thing is just looking at all of those things 
from a compassionate, non-judgmental place. So mm-hmm. when I say we make changes from self-love, I say what I'm really trying to say is we have to look at ourselves with honesty and clarity, but from a compassionate place. Mm. So for example, I don't have a problem getting on the scale, mm-hmm. but I also don't believe the scale defines me. Mm. And when I look for signs of progress in my journey, I don't jump to the scale for a sign of progress, mm. but I do take it into consideration because it's data. Right. So for example, to me, it's far more valuable knowing that in the last three or four months when I've gone through a challenging time, mm-hmm. that I haven't reverted back to negative coping mechanisms or negative patterns. That is far more a valuable sign to me of growth than it is losing 50 pounds, mm, which is, absolutely. you know, whatever. But I don't think that that's an indicator of growth. I think that's an indicator of logistics. But for example, if I'm trying to learn how foods react to my body, or I'm trying to learn how I process carbohydrates or proteins or how, how, how my body handles medications or water, then I think that understanding data is great. Especially, for example, if you're someone like me who has really valued strength training, learning muscle, learning that your body can can weigh exactly the same, but can be in a completely different physical makeup when you started strength training versus if you're sitting on the couch. Like, to me, that's data, and that's fascinatingly helpful. So I just, I just want to come from the perspective of let's look at all the things holistically and individually and Mm -hmm. do it without judgment, but not let those elements control us. Mm. Let us, letting us know that we are in charge of the emotional messages that we attach to the data that we collect. And that's one thing that I think I've always admired about your specific individual journey is, you know, I mean, obviously I have a background in health coaching. That is how I started. Mm -hmm. And, you know, that has clearly evolved into, into much more. And it's, but the holistic view mm-hmm. that I learned from that training is something that I've continued to hold on to and I will never let go because mm-hmm. it is so important. And even though I have started branching more into the, the mental health field and industry and, you know, a little more out of the, the quote unquote health coaching mm-hmm. niche, that part of my profession will always be there and it will always be evaluated when I'm working with a whole individual. And so what I admire most about just you in general and the way that you have decided to go about this journey is that holistic standpoint. Mm -hmm. And it's that view of, you know, while yes, you know, we've been friends for a a long time now. I mean, long time meaning a couple couple years, Mm -hmm. but it was something that I remember. I remember you complaining about like, you know, your body aching and hurting. And, you know, even I remember the first, one of the first times we hung out one-on-one and we were, we hung out over on Abbott Kenny Mm -hmm. in, in here in Venice, California. And we walked a little. Oh yeah. And I I remember you were so excited Mm -hmm. and I, I could see like Mm -hmm. the true, like, like excitement and joy in your face, like, and like almost like this, this, wow, I can't believe that I'm able to do this. Mm-hmm. And I, 
Yeah. Because I, I, I really invest a lot of time in, 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 in cultivating one of my superpowers, which is, is listening. And mm-hmm. I really feel like I, I get so much out when I really listen to a person. And it's not just, you know, hearing the words that are coming out of the mouth, but it's seeing their, their, reaction and their physical like expressions on their face and their body language yeah. and, and and also feeling like the energy of that person yeah. and that's something that I re- I'll never forget in that moment so interesting just like mm-hmm. I felt your pure like excitement and like almost like joy and adrenaline from you felt that the joy yeah. of me experiencing like yeah i that's so and interesting it was just like and it was that. something that i take so for granted yeah. no because absolutely. i walk down the street like like it's not a yeah. problem and it allow what it did for me too is it is it infused more life into that mm-hmm. moment for my own experience as well and it was something so that i was i was so grateful for Mm -hmm. you know in that exchange because I feel like you were giving me a glimpse into a different perspective Mm. on just the simplicity of of strolling down the street with a friend who I was getting to know and we were having this beautiful conversation and it just it it almost like lit more light on that Mm -hmm. whole experience and I've always just admired your honesty and like you know you were never like I'm going to go and I'm going to go on this journey and lose all this weight because I want to be thin and, and, and blah, 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 and this and that and fit into like social norms or whatever. It was always like, I don't care what size I end up being. I just don't want to be in fucking pain anymore. Yeah. And that was so true and so beautiful. And I felt like I experienced that. You saw that. that. I, um, I wish you guys could see my face right now because like I'm, (laughs) I'm, I'm really blown away and like there's a part of me on the inside that like I, I I want to cry but I also think you've illustrated a prime example of why I even began what I was doing like mm. life I just wanted life yeah and when I say that life was passing me by I say what I mean to say is I didn't have these simple moments in life that that people just don't even think about, which is, you know, walking to lunch with a friend. Like, nobody thinks anything of that. But uh, when, you know, look, I didn't set out in my mind to be a highly obese woman, clearly. I don't really know many women who, or men who set out to do that. Mm-hmm. My weight was really just like water that was very slowly boiling. And the reality is, this is no joke, people. I genuinely never thought that I let my weight stop me. And in my 20s and my early 30s, this tenacious energy that I have insisted on showing the world that you could not stop me. Mm. So I learned and I trained myself to, to, by default, prove my existence, which is exhausting. But I always felt that I had to work harder, fight harder, be longer, be more aggressive, blah, 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 try harder as a person of size. And so that just became my default. But at a certain point in time, shit just started to hurt. Mm. And, and it, and the, the fact is it started to happen slow, so slowly that I didn't notice it. And I remember once my, my old trainer was saying something to me because we had posted a video of me working out. 
And somebody said something to him like, oh, man, it's so awesome that she's doing this. But how could she let herself get that way to begin with? And he was like, whoa, do you have a drink at night? Do you gamble? Like, do you play video games? Then stop. Like, her coping mechanism is different because you can see it. Yeah. Stop. You know, and uh, I'm, I'm mixing a lot of points in one. But what I'm trying to say is. All right. What I'm genuinely trying to say is I didn't know how how bad things were for me until I had a couple of different moments where I saw things. And the biggest gamble that I had to make, and I still make, is that I had to be willing to believe that an alternative version of reality was possible for me, even though I had no idea what it was like. I had no idea what it really felt like to be pain-free. I had no idea to really know what it felt like to not have my knees be a problem. And when I first started, I really just wanted to not die an early death, physically and emotionally. I wanted to not be a statistic, but I also wanted to emotionally not be a statistic. I wanted to not be this great girl who just never lived her life. Like, I, I, and and I, also, guys, like, I'm not a... I'm, I would never call myself like a sad, pathetic case, like, mm -hmm. but there's a difference between living life and living life. And I lived life, but I didn't live life. I, a very interesting story one of my dear friends told me recently, I think like in October or so, really crystallized to me and it's making me think of the moment you shared. Mm -hmm. We shared a hotel room together in early or in late 2015 and she confessed to me that the night that we shared a hotel room together she spent the entire night awake listening to my snoring and hearing my breath stop stop and choke on itself and she said I spent the whole night waiting for you to die and I really wanted to call your mom and say this is not good She's like, but if I did that, I knew that it, it would affect our friendship. But she's like, but I sat all night long. I just listened to you. And that hurt my soul. And when I think about, when I think about it, one of the reasons that I just always try to find gratitude is that there is no doubt in my mind that at the way my life was progressing physically, that I could have died and had a heart attack and nobody would have thought anything of it. I'm not saying people wouldn't have missed me, but I'm saying like nobody would have been surprised right. if in the physical shape I was in, something happened. Mm -hmm. And that's why I had to do something. And I mean, this all sounds very dramatic. I'm just trying to be super honest with, with respect to you and your followers and your listeners, many of whom I imagine will never experience what it's like to be as heavy as I was and quality of life and mobility just something you take for granted like I would wake up in the morning exhausted and spend the whole day exhausted and in pain and then go to bed exhausted and then I because I didn't sleep through the night because I like my breath like literally well, would, would not wake sleep you through up, the night right I'm sure and I didn't know it mm -hmm. but I, I so I would wake up exhausted yeah. you know I mean just I could do one thing a day. 
I couldn't do one thing and do the laundry and do the dishes. Like, I will never forget how excited I was the first time that I realized that I could do something during the day, have a workout, and then do the dishes after. Like, simple things like I would let dishes pile up in my sink because I couldn't stand comfortably long enough to stick them in the fucking dishwasher. Mm-hmm. And I'm again, I'm not trying to be dramatic. I'm just trying to say, like, no, I, I, don't blame, I appreciate your real. I don't blame anybody on that for me. But also, no, guys, like, I didn't realize, I just genuinely didn't think about the reality of my body, of of how it was manifesting. So when I first started my journey, and I hate that word, like, I want another word so badly. But when I first... You were just traveling the path. I know. You were just trying to stay the course. (laughs) You were just trying to live life. (laughs) When I first started, my main goal was to just eliminate pain. Right. Emotional pain, but really just physical pain. Yeah. And that's why I really want to remove the stigma against the idea of weight loss which some people knock, but I'm like, yo, when you're 360 pounds and you're 37 years old, losing 100 pounds is not like, you know, like, yeah, your body, your knees, your heart will fucking thank you. Right. You know? So I don't think there's anything wrong with monitoring food and and doing things as long as you're doing it in a healthful way as long as you're that's not the only gauge for your progress you know right. like well, for example bingo. i think that's, that's the marker right exactly. there it's not the only, only gauge, gauge for, for your, your progress. progress also too you know i didn't go from doing whatever i was doing to 1100 calories a day i mean right. you can't fucking that's do that ridiculous. but like but that's what a diet would tell you to do right, right. which is so something i think f- we both share we don't we, we don't, don't buy do, into I don't that shit, into the diet you know shit. Yeah. yeah so you know for like the first year when i really did closely watch my macros i was at like 1800 calories a day mm-hmm. that is by far not a deprative state no you know absolutely not, not at all and and so i never felt like I was depriving myself. I just felt like I was recalibrating myself. Mm, I um, love that distinction. There's such yes. a discernment in that. You yes. weren't depriving yourself. You weren't restricting yourself. You weren't at all. It was more of like, how can I nourish myself in a better way right. for me? Right. Now, technically, I was restricting. And that's where you get a lot of people who are, you know, who have a problem with the idea of weight loss from a body positive standpoint because you're not, well, yeah, I am restricting because I'm not eating the amount that I was before, but it's more like adjusting to what is appropriate for my body. Well, you, like you said, you were recalibrating. And, exactly. and also, let's not, you know, let's not dismiss the fact that, like, sure, you may have been eating a lot more and consuming a lot more calories daily. However, why were you doing that? Were you hungry or were yeah. you emotionally eating? And that's the thing. And like, that's I had to, to learn that. Yeah, like the, the big bingo moment for me was I read A Course in Weight Loss, which is Marianne Williams' book. Yeah. But it wasn't her actual I'll book. I'll link it in the show notes. It's great. Yes. It was Oprah's introduction to the book that changed my life. Okay, so like the forward. Yes. The forward that Oprah wrote in that book changed my entire relationship to food. So what exactly did you connect with in that forward? Okay, so if anybody out there has an interesting relationship to their body or food or whatever, like... Which is most. Most, okay. (laughs) Read, like, get the... Even if you don't want to do the exercise in, in the book, like, spend the $15 and get the 
books you can read the intro because you might even be able to read the forward to it like online in, in the, the library yeah. whatever yeah yeah but like what oprah expressed was so simple it was that her weight was a manifestation of depression and anxiety that she felt mm -hmm. I'm, I'm simplifying it but that's yeah, really what she said yeah and and so that was her personal experience yes. that she was sharing, yes. which you connected to deeply. 100%. Sorry, I didn't do a good job of encapsulating that. But here's a great example of how that translated for me. I have often struggled a lot with my self-worth as a feminine woman and being. And I am an anxious person and a control freak altogether. <laughs> Woo! So for me... A lot of that has manifestation in, in my sexuality, in false intimacy, in looking to external factors for validation. And so I used to try and connect with guys in a really low level way to fill pieces in me. Mm -hmm. But for example, if I was feeling anxious or lonely and I couldn't get that need met, I didn't realize I was doing that, but food was always a way to meet the needs. Mm. So I have a very specific example that I remember in like the fall of 2015 when I was in my apartment in LA and I was feeling really anxious about something and like really insecure. And like, again, this is no judgment here, guys. Like I was sexting, like Lord knows who has pictures of my boobs out there. Like I don't even <laughs> want to know. I was trying to just get feedback. I was trying to fill something and it was like one o'clock in the morning and I got out of bed and I went into the kitchen and I made two hamburgers from like the Costco hamburgers. They were mm -hmm. delicious. I made two hamburgers with red onion and balsamic vinegar and like the entire bag of graters, cheddar cheese, caramel popcorn. Mm -hmm. And I don't even remember enjoying eating it. I just consumed. Right. Because it was soothing. Right. Now. What I had to learn was mindful consumption because mm -hmm. I want things or they taste good or they're delicious. Right. And consumption to soothe and quell. Yeah. I had to learn the difference between the two. Mm -hmm. So the one thing I talk about is like, I don't do food judgment. And this is why like, I could never be like a super health blogger because I I'll be like, if you really want to eat a fucking cookie, eat a cookie, but just love every bite of that right, right, right. real And cookie. that's where we kind of differ in, in some of our kind of own thought processes around food and right. because of different circumstances, yes. you know, because like I grew up eating like really shitty food and it really did a number on my overall health and yep. well-being. And I'm also fucking absurdly sensitive and I'm yes. allergic to like the world. Right. And so I have to be incredibly mindful mm -hmm. in different ways around, okay, that caramel cheddar popcorn, whatever that you're talking about, like, you know, the caramel coloring is probably gonna give me like hives and like, you know. Yeah, like, now, I'm not saying that shit's good for you. <laughs> but I'm but what I'm trying to say is is that I don't attach judgment to food. Yeah, I and I agree with you on on right. that on that perspective. Now, you know, where it's that like, stuff, I'm not saying it's good for right, you. Right. It's not necessarily going to like nourish your body no. and make your brain work no. better. And, and all like, that sugar is gonna know. make you comatose and it's gonna make you feel like shit. But here's the thing though. It isn't until you can pull back enough to realize those things 
that you can more better make the choice. So yes. what I say mm-hmm. is, is like, I don't do food judgment, mm-hmm. meaning I don't ever want to shame anybody or shame myself because I enjoy the mini Snickers, Absolutely. right? Absolutely. But what I do want to do is be aware of why, of mindfully consumption. Like what was the motive behind exactly. consuming it? Exactly. Was it just because you're like, oh, you know what? Like it's a little nostalgic and it makes me, you know, like when people eat like those Cadbury Easter eggs, exactly. right? Because yep. Easter's coming up. So that's kind of top of mind for me. Like some of that could be like a really nostalgic moment Ex- to like absolutely. your childhood and like maybe like your grandmother always used to give them to you and like your grandmother's no longer there. And so that's a way of connecting. hundred percent. You know, and so that's fine to have a Cadbury egg. Totally. Now to have... 13 of them well, and make you're yourself not even sick enjoying them and you're not even thinking just about your grandma your face. Yeah. Like, that's a whole exactly. other story so this is what I loved it's so interesting you made the example because Melissa Hartwig from Whole30 yep. did a po- did an Instagram thing the other day that I was like this is genius and this is why I really like a lot of what she says yeah she was I, I saying like her too. don't give me the paleo version of the Cadbury egg if what you really want is the Cadbury egg. Yeah, because it's not it's not it's the same not thing. The same. Do what you enjoy with respect and moderation. Mm-hmm. And that's food freedom. So the, the to to go back to my original reference, I have to be in charge of the cheddar cheese caramel popcorn. Mm. The cheddar cheese caramel popcorn cannot be in charge of me. Yeah. So for me, I had no idea how my body was even reacting to foods because it just hurt all the time. So it wasn't until I probably lost like the first 50 or 75 pounds Mm -hmm. before I even realized there was such a thing as a sugar hangover. Oh, that's so fascinating. I had to remove that first low level worth of stuff to realize that. And by the way, I realized it after my event last September, because mm-hmm. I hadn't prepped enough to have good food handy after the event, and I was exhausted. And I basically ate quote-unquote shit. I mean, it was delicious shit. But I ate uh, birthday cake and Cheetos for like two days straight. Mm-hmm. And I was exhausted, hungover, and anxious at the same time. And finally, I was like... You were feeling great. <laughs> oh, I felt like shit. And I was like, what is that? I'm like, oh... Hello, sugar. Now, going back to what you said just a few moments ago about really understanding the foods and how it affects your body, once you start the mindfulness process with food and you start calibrating things, your entire taste bud journey changes. Oh, absolutely. And I went through that. My my own version. And you can do that we any all, size, yeah, any weight. Yeah, is, that's not a, this a heavy really thing. That's is, just a person yeah, thing. Yeah, this right? is just like being a human. And like the other day, for example, I ate something that was no chocolate. And I'm like, that's gross. Isn't but that interesting? I also ate the cheddar cheese popcorn. I, I may have gotten stoned and I had, but it was legal because I was in Nevada. <laughs> I got stoned and I had cheddar cheese popcorn with the caramel. I was like, holy shit, this is the greatest thing ever. But, oh my God, this is such a walking example. But... I was sitting with my college roommates. We mm-hmm. may have gotten a little stone. We ate cheddar cheese calamar popcorn, but because I wasn't fully present, I was just eating, consuming, eating, eating, consuming, consuming, consuming. Yeah. And then when I got done, I was like, I don't even know what I just ate. And mm. then the next day, I was like, maybe don't eat when you get stoned, Sarah, because <laughs> like it's not mindful. Well, right, and and it's like that went that probably puts you back in the behavior. I'm consu- I'm assuming because it. For me, it can ha- it happens to me too, where it's yes. like 
It's consumption. We go back to allowing whatever we're eating to have the control. That's right. Not us. No, I had never, I, I really don't do drugs. And it's very, like, I had really never been stoned before in my life. So I had never had that experience. Oh, of, wow. Yeah, I had never had that experience. Wow. But that's what I mean. Like, that's a good example of how an altered state that I would have normally gotten to a different way Absolutely. immediately put me back in that. The other example that has nothing to do with drugs is driving. Mm. I always want to, I always try to remind myself, don't eat while you drive. Don't eat while you drive. Because if you eat while you drive, you eat mindlessly. And I have a lot of years on the road stopping at like loves and like getting multiple shitty brownies and candy bars and just eating while I'm driving because you just consume. So when you're, I, you're focused somewhere right. else. It's also like, don't eat while you're watching TV. Mm, like that's eat a big one that I work with a lot of process. With. Like if you want your Oreos, take four, put them on a plate and sit down and make those the best fucking Oreos you've ever had. Don't yeah. sit down and eat four while you're standing and then eat another four while you're sitting and then eat another four while you put them away. Mm -hmm. We, I know we've gotten a tangent, but to no, me, that's what a, a lot of this is I think about. it's an important tangent, though, because, I mean, you would be so surprised at, like, the amount of clients that I've had to work with on this, and it doesn't matter what size they are. Mm -hmm. And I've had to go through it in my own way, shape, and form, you know, of just, like, how I used to sit, you know, just because I'm, I have thin privilege, mm -hmm. you know, doesn't mean I haven't battled with my own eating shit Absolutely. and emotional stuff. Absolutely. And the problem I think that I ran into, especially as I started getting quote unquote healthier with my food choices and I was like eating less processed stuff and whatever, I still found myself in like the throes of emotional eating with like two pints of blueberries. That's what I'm saying. You know? Um, so, so, so. <laughs> and it was like two great times. Eating, eating, eating to a point where I felt physically ill. Yes. That's not good. Right. So <laughs> we're, we're touching upon two really big points right now. The first one I want to make is that when I, when I, referred earlier to like the greatest sign of progress being not reverting to open old coping mechanisms mm -hmm. we've kind of gone there already so let me make that tie-in is that like a couple months ago i was going through an extreme time of chaos and i know that i'm more mentally healthy now than i was a few years ago because i didn't want to fuck my brains out or eat everything in sight during the time of chaos that's more exciting to me than a number on a scale yeah but the other thing is is that I'm sure every one of us has been on a diet at some point in time. But the fact of the matter is, is the shit that you deal with at one weight will be the exact same shit you deal with at another weight, unless you actually deal with the shit. <laughs> so it like, it doesn't matter whether it's, you know, mindlessly stuffing two pints of blueberries in your face at a size two, or mindlessly stuffing an entire thing of cheddar cheese popcorn in your face at a size 28, they're the exact it's the same, same behavior. behavior. It's like an SAT question. Like, this is to this, is it's the exact right. same fucking behavior. Mm -hmm. So unless you're willing to really deal with the emotional thing that's causing you to do that, it don't fucking matter. Yeah. Because whether you're a size 22, 28 or size two, your shit will follow you around. It will follow you cross country. Like, and Lord that knows, shit girl. Is heavy. I have traversed the country <laughs> multiple times and back trying to avoid my own stuff. And, you know, and it never went away. And that's why these are universal things that are for women of every size. And I think, you know, it, it's. 
probably eye-opening for some of them to have the perspective of um, my journey as a heavy person. But I also think that that perspective is what gives some slender women comfort mm. to and permission to examine themselves. Mm. Like, when I think about the people who follow me, it's not all very heavy women. It's women of every shape and size. And I right. think just the fact that I have experienced this pain so viscerally for some reason leaves space for women who have never felt as if their pain was valid to to experience that. And if that's, you know, if that happens, great. It, it, I didn't understand it at first. Like, but, you know, hey, if if a slender woman feels comfortable opening up about herself or looking at herself because my journey makes her feel like it's okay, then great, you know, mm -hmm. no problem. And that's what brings me back to something that you taught me, which I will never, ever forget, which is that pain is pain. And, you know, for persons of size, you want to look at slender people or those who fall into societal's definition of beauty and be like, well, what the fuck do you have to be upset Right, about? like your life is perfect. Yeah. Okay, so yes. In the grand scheme of things, there are certain degrees of physical pain in your body that you have never felt. But for you, your pain was intense mm -hmm. and it was relative. Mm -hmm. So I cannot compare yours, general yours. Mm -hmm. I cannot compare your relative pain to my relative pain. They are two different scales. Mm -hmm. No pun intended. <laughs> so yeah, that's, that's what I have always loved about our friendship is that like smack in the beginning you taught me that and it was just eye-opening to me just really eye-opening to me well and I think the, the I think how it kind of so beautifully unfolded was the fact that we just showed up very real honest and open from the beginning mm -hmm. and we both were willing to just kind of dive deep together mm -hmm. and like share everything about like our struggles and our highs and our lows and I think also another thing that we have a lot of conversations about often when we're together is like the fact that your relatability in your journey about it not being about the weight, the scale, this and that, about it really being about what it really fucking is about, mm -hmm. which is like that emotional pain that we're all running from. Yeah. That is what opens up the door and makes, you know, your community a more inclusive place where right. it's and that's I think that's what our our relationship you know and our friendship really fosters it's the fact that like we have these really loving conversations with each other and we find these these beautiful points of intersection yep, these beautiful nuggets that are like just the same yeah it's like wow and it's something like I <laughs> if any of my clients are listening they'll be like oh yep I've heard Lindsay say that a thousand times I always say like it it, the it mm -hmm. is all usually energetically coming from the same yeah. place. It's the it. Yeah. But the it looks what? fucking wildly different for all of us. But, but at the same point in time, also not that wildly different. Right. Like, and that's what's beautiful. And that's, I truly believe one of the things that I just try and talk about with such authenticity is what's the what's the actual deal behind the journey like what are the nuggets and i i'm never 
I never fail to be amazed how many people who are more traditionally slender or whatever are so much harder on themselves than I am. Now, I am pretty fucking hard on myself, okay? Mm -hmm. But I'm also one of those, like, no fucks given kind of person. Like, right. I'll go to the gym in, you know, a sports bra and leggings right. because I'm strong as fuck. And I also sort of appreciate when people want to, like, second guess me. And I'll be like, yeah, but I'll leg press you out of the park. <laughs> you know, like, I also, like, if my arms bother you, what am I going to do, dude? Like, I take yeah. up space. You know, like, just look the other way. You know, like, that's your problem, not mine. But right. it doesn't, it never fails to shock me how many women are in such a different place in that journey and you would think that they're not you know and so the fact that like i am comfortable doing things with the way i look and the size that i am oh my god if she can do it i can do it now that may be like weird like oh if she can do it i can do it but i'm viewing like awesome babe if, if, yeah. if me being free in my body gives you permission to be free in your body i mean what a beautiful thing to like right. spark exactly and, and be kind of like that catalyst for someone else's you know kind of own healing yeah and that's a beautiful thing and i think that's what's so wonderful about human connection is mm -hmm. the fact that a true human connection can actually really foster amazing things for everybody that's involved involved so. if we allow it you yeah. know and if we're willing to kind of step outside of our own filters and step into somebody else's shoes the best we can right yeah the best we can and have that level of empathetic like visual stimulation through their eyes but here's the other interesting thing and and this a, a follower on instagram brought this to my attention the other day not all people are really genuinely interested in the truth of human connection. Oh, some people probably um, could give two shits. No, in fact, it scares them. Well, so I, so that my question is, are they actually not interested or are they just terrified of they're it? They're terrified. Right. Yeah, they're not interested think, in the reality of... I think of, we're all innately interested in it because it's what drives us. Yes, I think the human desire to self-improve and be more is and connect is in, is in all in all of us right but where this is coming from was i was remarking that sometimes the more raw and honest i get in things i share on social media i could have more people unfollow me mm. and it's like mm, some people don't they don't want to see because that makes them see in themselves right because we're all mirrors for That's each right. other in, all, in so many ways and so many people don't are, are not, not that they don't want that they're not ready for that they're yeah. not they're not open to that level of intimacy and honesty within themselves and that's why when people say how do i do what you do i'm like listen what i did was simple it wasn't easy it's not easy but it's simple so you just have to want to do it right if you don't want to do it then there is not a single thing that i can tell you that will make you do it mm -hmm. and don't look to me for the answer mm -hmm. like you have the answer Right. That's but if what you I are always not willing try to reinforce with people is like I don't have the answer. I don't have like it. as a coach and I work with people all the time. Yeah. And but my job is to support them right. in finding but people their go answer. like, Well, how do I do this? I'm like, Well, this is how you do it. But it's not working, well then you're not doing it. 
Well, and, and but maybe what, that, what mean, that like, specific tool isn't right for you. And so you have to find another right, tool. Right, but that's what I'm saying. Like, else. there are a gajillion tools. Like, right. the tools don't work unless you work them. That's true. That's the problem. Mm -hmm. Tools don't work unless you work them. And any kind a, of tool. And this is another problem that I always see is we learn all these tools, right? And I see this it's rampant in our industry, like the kind of health, wellness, self-improvement, personal development, self-help world. It's rampant. Mm -hmm. We learn all the things, right? We know all the tools. We, we intellectualize the fuck out of them. But we never fully experience them because we're never actually integrating them into our life. Yeah. I think there's a really big difference between displaying the tools and living them. Yeah, and, and like I don't you, know how else to like you are literally characterizing from, the tools. Yeah, you're taking them from your head yeah. as just knowledge yeah. and you're bringing them down into your heart, your yeah, soul, your body and you're too, living them and experiencing them. It's this is going to sound so bad. You it, it, the experiencing them has to go dig deeper than just showing it off on Instagram. Well, like <laughs> that's not no, I mean like experiencing no, them. Okay, like, but like this is like oh, all the girls I did energetic who, cleansing. Right. This, okay, but these are all the these are all uh, the and I, I can't, I'm saying these are all the girls in quotes. These are all the humans that are kind of displaying this this lifestyle, this spiritual lifestyle or this wellness lifestyle where it's like they made, you know, they made the smoothie or something, or they took the bath, right? And they made the bath all pretty. But then, like, they took a picture of the smoothie or they took a picture of the bath. But then, like, what did they do after the picture was taken? Like, did they actually sit in the bath without the phone on, without scrolling through Instagram, yeah, liking, or, and, and spend time and, with themselves? And what is the thought process that goes with it? Like, right. that's an entirely different Oh, podcast, my gosh. I obviously. mean, we can go but in so many different Tools only work holes. if you work the tools. And, like... And that's just sort of across the board. And that's what they say, you know, kind of like in the kind of 12-step uh, community. Like, it works if you work it. That's yeah. kind of like a motto. And it, it's a motto that can go through everything. Like, in, everything. in all my fucking years of therapy, which I've been in therapy for many years now, and I've gone through many different modalities and styles of therapy, if I wasn't actually utilizing the tools that I was taught mm -hmm. in those rooms... Nothing would have changed. Nothing would have happened. Yeah. Yeah. You can do anything. It's actually very easy to acquire knowledge. So what is, simple. What is not easy is... And especially today where it's at our fingertips. Yeah. What's not easy is being willing to embrace the suck that comes with the process. Yes. And I... I and like eat the shit sandwich. Yeah. You have to eat your own shit sandwich. Yeah. And I say that with nothing but love. Like, right. If you really genuinely want to change your life, you have to look at your own shit and be willing to be accountable for the role that you played and you play in actively creating that shit. doesn't mean you blame yourself for that. Right. It just means that you say, yo, I do that. And when I do that, it does this. So if I want to not feel this, I have to be willing to not do that. Mm. Like... Just to be accountable. Like, so many people are not willing to even be accountable to their own shit. Just be accountable to your own shit. Like, be willing to look at it and see it. I cannot make you do that. I can tell you that you have to do that. I can ask you questions to help you do that. But, for example, I, I, I won't use names, but in the 
private group that I run on Slack, the sort of Rise Up Osera community, I had a lovely woman who has been with me since the beginning, and she seems to be enjoying the process, and then I get an email from her where she tells me, I'm really not ready for this anymore, I need to back away. Okay, that's fine. She's going to stay where she is. Mm-hmm. And that's okay, because where she is is where she needs to be. Mm-hmm. You know, and and that's what I mean. Like, not everybody is willing to look at their own stuff. Sometimes they are consciously not willing to go there Mm -hmm. like she was. And so I honor that. I honor that mindfulness when she said, I am not ready to be here right now. And then some people. Because that's a really empowered choice. Absolutely. I have a lot going on in my hierarchy of needs. I, I can't go there right now. And that's that's actually really beautiful. Well, it's it's. It, it, it's self-care. In one light, yeah, yeah, it's a form of self-care. It's a form of self-care. Yeah. So anything that we do mindfully, like... Yes. Okay. You know, if when it's mindless, that's when we get into the, the bypassing, the, the spiritual... Shit. You know, yeah. I think it's important to always acknowledge that. Yes. Because that is part of us taking responsibility and owning the fact that we have awareness around that. Absolutely. And, and I also don't think that's that that has it. to be... Like, I think the more that you don't say that, the, the more it weighs. So mm, the I fact agree. that you can... That we can make... That, that, that somebody could make light of that, not in a disrespectful way, but in like, no. No, I like, mean, this is this just... Is just this way. is this is reality. This is yeah. this is fact. I think the more we hide things with shame, whether there are truths from a cultural perspective or our history, or our truths from a personal growth perspective, the more we hide them with shame, the e- the, the more they control us, mm. right? You know, like, for example, one of the things I know at some point in time I really have to start talking about more on my social media is my recalibrating my sexuality mm. and trying to align intimacy versus health, healthy intimacy versus unhealthy intimacy. I'm not ready to do that yet, yeah. but I know that that will be part of what I have to talk about because that has been a huge piece of my journey as a woman and I have to do that from an unshameful perspective. And I, I made a joke when we first started about like, Lord knows where my boobs are, right? Right. But it's a tongue-in-cheek coming from humor yeah. in real place because, you know, I've always sort of joked I should not run for president <laughs> because, like, I don't want to know it would come out. But then I have to go, yeah, but that was the best you could do then. And it's life. And that's life. And it's being human. And if people are going to, to judge me for the pain that I felt and how I expressed that, then that's fine. Mm-hmm. But you know what? A lot of people will probably see themselves in that pain and yeah. say, I may not have done that, but I can understand that. Or maybe I have done that. And, you know, I'm not proud that I didn't, that I did some of the things that I did, mm-hmm. but I also know that, that those dark places and those dark moments are part of the things that literally make me do what I do now because if I can hold space for someone in a way that they don't expose themselves to those dark moments, like I just, you know, like with that sort of broken feeling that I know isn't really broken, but is painful comes Mm. like the, this is why I want to do the things that I do Mm. because you know what hurt feels like and you know what it looks like. And you know that it comes from many different forms and you want to say to people, Hey, if you're hurting, 
you may not know it. This is what it looked like for me. Can you relate to this? Mm -hmm. Because if you can relate to this, I want you to know you're not alone. Yeah, and I hear you and I hear that. And I think it's, it's a courageous thing that, you know, we all do when we kind of open up our world, our inner world, to showcase as you know a potential example to help others mm. it's 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 really scary and people really scary. people take and and do what they want with your words with your yep. images and we were just talking about this this <sighs> morning at breakfast how like you know it's it's a scary thing to consider like you know posting a, a photo of you you know of yourself that you know might have felt like a very empowering part of your journey and you may have been a little less clothed or something or whatever it might be and and then it's it's out into the world and yep. people can take it and kind of do twist, what they yeah, want they can, with it and they can twist add their it. own narrative absolutely to it. and yep. then and then it kind of you know, in, in the fast media world that we live in, it can take a life of its own yep. and be so diluted and distorted yep. that it loses kind of the initial oh, intent or energy that it was put, in, put and out sometimes there by. And it, sometimes it, it takes on a different life that is distasteful. Well, right, because you were saying oh, that you have like yes. fo yeah. photos of you in a bathing suit, you know, that kind of live on the internet and you've been kind of like, memed out oh yeah and, they'll never die and they'll like, never die and like, some of them i'm sure are, are like good and positive and, and some of them are I'm just sure they're terrible awful yeah, yeah. they and are awful i think what we need to rem remember always and i think that this is part of you know when we do our inner work and 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 our shadow work and the things and i think that allows us to deepen our our respect for the human connection because what happens is people aren't connecting <coughs> yeah. with the fact that that's a real human person. Oh, well, that's social media for you. And, 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 but that's so disturbing mm -hmm. on so many levels of how disconnected we are and the ability we have to dehumanize people. Oh, uh, that's, in, I mean, like, oh, there's this, there's this, this twisted sisterhood that I hope people never belong in. And that's the, fat women on the internet who who have all been shamed at some point in time and mm. and we all know like i'm interchangeable mm -hmm. because a it's not about sarah right but if you ask like one of 10 or 15 or however many women i could even name at the top of my head right. who are publicly overweight on the internet mm -hmm. publicly like me not just a random person but publicly right like literally the things that we have heard read seen about us they are the most I don't even have words. Yeah. Awful, disgusting things ever. And I remember the first time I experienced that, it was jarring because it felt violent. Of course. It felt like... It, it was, was violent. It was violent It is daring. violent. Now, I just kind of like, I know it... I'm not saying I don't... It doesn't hurt me, but I'm saying that I understand that it's on the unfortunate currency I have to pay in order to be able to connect with women the way that I want to connect. Because for every one of those disgusting comments, there's a hundred women, like for every gross comment, there's a hundred or a yeah. thousand women who cry because they feel peace with you. And, yeah. and unfortunately, I wish it was not the case, 
you know, like there's this quote in Spider-Man of all things that I always joke about, <laughs> but with great power comes great responsibility. Absolutely. And that's literally what it's like. Like if you want to have the right to talk to people on the internet, you are just going to open yourself to a lot of shit. And mm-hmm. I am nowhere near as cool and popular as as so many people out there, but I am just public and popular enough that get it. I get it. But like, blessed, like, I mean, it's just, it's exhausting and you just have to just, you know, don't read the comments. And it's, it, it's <laughs> horrible. It's horrible that, you know, anyone has to deal with that and go through that and I just I think it's it's a it's it's a really solid good representation to show us the the shit that we still have to work on so much as a collective you know presence in human shit there's a beautiful awful video out there you can find it of male sportscasters reading the comments that their female counterparts have gotten while their female counterparts are sitting in front of them. Wow. I don't know who did it. It could have been like an I'll ESPN thing. We'll find it and we'll but link it in the show notes. it's a beautiful thing where the women are just like, yep. And the guys, they start off like trying to be real cool and you just watch them break down. Like, oh. they're like, I can't, wow. I can't say this. Mm. And... And She's that's like, what's out there. And he's like, I, ca- I can't say this to you. And they'll say it and like, I mean, like, it's it's just, it's. And I, yeah. I think it's, um, you know, there's a lot of work to be done there. And I think that we have to all, you know, just keep taking one step at a time to realize that this this shit runs deep this is systemic i don't know i don't have any idea and i don't i am nowhere close to being the person to even have a conversation as to how do we change this because i don't think anybody really i mean that's what i mean like like at this point in time in the game it just has to implode Mm -hmm. because there is no way to stop the wheel in motion like the centrifugal energy force of the internet world that we've created and how that affects the lack of respect we give to human life and human mm-hmm. entity. Like there's actually, you cannot stop it. It is too big. The only thing that will stop it is itself mm-hmm. at some point in time. And that won't be in my lifetime or yours. Probably not. I mean, not, it may no. be if something like knock on melamine wood or whatever this is, right? <laughs> but like, and I hope not. I hope not. Because if that happens, something big happens, right? right. But unfortunately that's the machine and so like i say i know if i want to touch a woman in kansas Mm -hmm. that's gross that sounded gross if i want to connect (laughs) with a woman in kansas that i have to open myself up to a man objectifying my body like it's awful and it's not the way it should be yeah it's just the current reality Mm -hmm. and i think that you are navigating it in such a commendable and beautiful beautiful way it doesn't mean i don't want to drink open i'm sure and you know scream at the you know the phone or just screenshot and be like i can't i I can't and like find the person that's writing that wherever they are and be like what is really wrong with you so again (laughs) this is where like you know, I know that I'm quote unquote lucky because I know some women who have really, really had those experiences and, and they've gone to such extremes. And, uh, you know, I'm not a very reactive person on the internet. So I just believe in the school of theory of delete and block and move on, just mm. delete and block and mm-hmm. move on. <laughs> very interestingly enough, like maybe two months ago or something, 
I was on the other end of a little bit of bullying from a larger account that mm-hmm. was basically a spam account that was used for making money and phishing and stuff like that. But in a personal email back and forth, they basically trolled me in a fat-shaming way when their account was intended to be a health-related account. Ugh. And I'm like, I just can't. And so, like, I crossed off their names and, like, I scribbled it out and then I just put it on the internet and I'm like, welcome, welcome to reality. Mm. And it became, like, one of the number one most commented posts in my wow. entire life. And I didn't share it to call them out. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I actually... Erase the names. Erase yeah. the names. I shared it because I knew that the pervasive male culture towards women that was expressed in that message and that conversation was a completely communal experience that all women had had. And I wanted to show them safety within my experience, mm-hmm. right? So it was not about me being like, wah, 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 I got fat shamed. No, fuck that. I get fat shamed all the time, okay? What it was about was I wanted to show other women that if they experience this kind of gaslighting, abusive interaction with anyone, man, whatever, right. that they are not alone in that human experience. Mm-hmm. And sure enough, I had like maybe 700 people were like, um, yeah. And yeah. eventually I took it down because I felt like it was perpetuating negativity and I didn't, I didn't want to be about that. But there was a moment of massive human recognition in the women that were on my page because we were all like, we've been there, we got it. Like, yeah, there's, there's, I think that's why I try and talk so honestly. It's just what you're saying. Finding yeah. the it and showing the it is how we connect. Mm, yeah. It's interesting though. And this is the first that I'm obviously hearing about this experience and I, cause while I'm on social media, yeah. I'm not on it, on it a lot. So I miss, you know, a lot of my friends' posts and stuff and, and, and whatever. But when we catch up in real life, like now yeah. is when I learn more about things like this. And it's interesting that you decided to take it down because you felt like it was perpetuating negativity. Well, there were a couple of things that there are a couple of factors to it. The first was that this account was quite large Mm -hmm. and was acting erratically Mm -hmm. towards me and was threatening me a little bit. And that was just a game that I didn't want to play. Social media and the internet is very mercurial. And while I have no problem being assertive, I, and I have no problem representing myself, there are times when I think it's worth the fight and there are times when I think you pick your battles, you know? So for me, it was like, I said what I needed to say, I shared what I needed to say, and then frankly, I just didn't want to deal with the drama. I didn't want to deal with what was coming towards me and you're trying to be logic with a source that is not logical. It just wasn't a fight that I felt I needed to be a part of. And, you know. So that was you respecting a boundary more so yeah. for yourself and, and caring for yourself. Yeah, for, I, 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 yeah. yeah. I mean, like. I think I just wanted to clarify yeah. for my own understanding, well, too. I mean, because but, I think a lot can be learned when, when, when anyone sheds light on something really repulsive and, and terrible that's happening. I think a lot can be learned when, when that 
lives and breathes and stays, you know, somewhere. You know, we see this happening a lot. I agree. In the internet world of kind of like, you know, somebody being called out and then, you know, them feeling like, oh, this is, you know, quote unquote, perpetuating negativity or, you know, I feel shame, so I'm going to take it down. But what you're saying is it wasn't it wasn't really for that reason, you know, because I want to be all positive and live in love and light and da 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 da. No. It was more because listen, we this have was... to make decisions based on right. self care exactly. all the time, and sometimes there are decisions that other people don't understand, and mm-hmm. that's okay. Yeah, the account or the the force behind the account that I was connecting with at the time was mercurial and volatile, and I just didn't feel safe. Yeah. I didn't feel internet safe. Yeah, you were protecting yourself. So, you know, it was self-protection. And also it was, I don't want to keep having this conversation. Like, I've had this conversation for 24 hours now. We've gotten a lot of juice and energy behind it. What is it that I really want to say here? What am I really trying to say? Mm. And I got the chance to continue to say it by writing with other blogs and magazines and websites so I could share the message from it. But I didn't have to, I didn't have to, I could share the message with what I was wanting to talking about without continuing to fuel fire. Mm. And I, and I don't, and this probably sounds really complex and forgive me, but like, I, 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 it was at the time I felt it was the best move for me because I just, there was a whole lot of shit that I did not want to deal with. And, and I just said, you know what, this, pick your battles mm-hmm. and, when you deal with someone's income, <laughs> when when you deal with potentially affecting someone's income, and if they're, you know, it, it can be icky, and and I, I I didn't want to be threatened or well, yeah, I think anything. when when your safety feels threatened, and and I definitely honor your yeah, decision. Yeah, look, that. I'm not saying it's right. <laughs> okay, uh, you know, this was an intense period. This was seven. This was. 24 hours, right? Mm -hmm. This is a very intense period. And this was also the first time that I'd ever had that experience. Mm -hmm. Now, I know that as as a business owner or as a public presence, that in the future, this will happen a lot more, unfortunately. And I will have to get better at handling that. I'll have to grow a thicker skin. I'll have to be more prepared. I'll have to have less fucks to give. You know, like, I'll have to do all that. This was the first time. And it's, I'm going to be honest, it just just scared me. So I said what I needed to say. I was able to talk about the message behind it and several other platforms. And I and I just did what I could to kind of reduce exposure for myself at that moment. It sucks. It sucks that this is our reality. You know, I mean, yep. being human is definitely hard. It's no peaceful, easy walk in the park, twenty-four hours a day. Yeah. And these are the things that we're up against. But I'm. I really appreciate you talking about it and sharing openly with it. Yeah. I mean, forgive me for not, for trying for not like you know sharing tons of details there. But I don't. No, I just. You know, it's abs- It's fine. I think that the takeaway is that. We just like everything else, there has to be a level of mindfulness in why we do what we do. So am I retaliating out of reactiveness or am I making a proactive choice for me based on what is actually best for me? Mm-hmm. Am I retaliating against my pain by eating or having sex or mm. doing or numbing out or am I proactively engaging in something that I enjoy? Mm. And I think that like there's a big through line in all of that. Oh, absolutely. You know, so rather than just sort of like, reactively make this point blah 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 rally the troops i had to be like okay 
-hmm. proactively decide what is best for you here in this and don't be loud just because that's how you're going to defend yourself. Mm. If that yeah. makes sense. No, it makes it makes a lot of sense and I think that it's it's great that you were able to make that discernment and and I think that's really really remarkable and I'm just really thankful that you have been so open and willing to share just everything that you have yeah, on the podcast no, today. I, we got super, super deep there. And that's how I roll. Yeah, you guys, <laughs> listen, I, I, I'm going to be super honest with Lindsay. I, I don't want you to feel like we're wrapping up this very intense conversation and I'm like blowing you guys off. No, we, no, no, uh, we've no. had this most beautiful experience. And then I was like, oh my gosh, what time is it? <laughs> and I feel like, again... Well, we could talk for hours. We and could that's, do this. That's, that's the thing. Yeah. You know, I feel like my conversations can always go for hours. I mean, literally, I met a girlfriend last night for tea. Yes. And we were supposed to hang out for like an hour and a half. And four and a half hours later, yep. we were like, whoa, it's really late. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and I just realized that like I have to pack my suitcase and be across town in like 40 minutes. I know. Like, well, so we're we're going to wrap it up. But we're yeah. so thankful that you were here, Sarah. Thank you so much. Yay. Hey, guys, thank you for hanging and listening. And, and absolutely. just Lindsay, I love you. I really, I love, I love you. your energy. I love you as a woman. And I am so grateful to have you in my life. Well, thank you so much. And I can just echo that right back at you, my I beautiful friend. I almost started singing, why do birds <laughs> suddenly appear <laughs> ah, close to Lindsay? You're so silly. You told me I wasn't allowed to be silly, but I'm like, You're no, totally to. allowed to be thank silly. You. I appreciate that. You're the best. Mwah. Mwah. Bye. Bye. I hope you enjoyed the conversation that Sarah and I had as much as we did. And to follow Sarah and support her and find out more about what she does and what she stands for, you can find her all over social media at Sarah Sapora. And there will be links to all of her platforms and her website in the show notes. And Sarah actually has a wonderful beautiful, fantastic event that she's been doing since last year, and she's doing it again this year. Last year it was held in Los Angeles, and it was great. I loved helping her set up for it. And this year she is hosting it in Las Vegas, and it will be in September. So stay tuned to her social platforms to follow more about that and get more details. It's called the Body Love Workshop, and I know a lot of the people that are going to be there, and it's just going to be an amazing time. I'm planning on being there, so I'll see you all there if you come. And I think that Sarah and I definitely brought up some really great points that are just really good for your own individual thought process and to really sit and ruminate on. So I'd love to hear what you thought please jump over to any of the social platforms. You can find me at with Lindsay Ray all over. I hang out most on Instagram. And as always, I would love, love, love for you to share the podcast if you are liking it and know someone who would love it as well. And if you can, please rate and review. That helps the podcast out so much. Helps other people find it as well. So until next time, I'm wishing you all a beautiful, beautiful rest of your day or evening.